welcome everybody back into Down the Line. As always, I'm your host, Carson Breber, and today is a very special day because we have Grand Slam Tennis on the horizon. The Australian Open will be kicking off in just a couple hours. That is the main draw will be kicking off. And so today, we're going to be talking about that. Now, we did just have a pretty fun week in tennis. I love the ATP Cup, and I've talked about that many times over, but I think it's a brilliant innovation in the sport. And although maybe the final wasn't the most exciting, we had some really fun stuff before then. Watching the Serbia-Germany tie was an incredibly exciting one. Seeing Djokovic facing off against Zverev, both in singles and doubles, was some great tennis. We had actually the Serbia match before that against Canada, another great one. I just love the stakes. I love how quickly we get to high, tense, great tennis. And I just think that it is really a great way to kick off the year. And then also we had some fun tournaments elsewhere. We had some players maybe pulling out, particularly on the women's side, just because they don't want to risk it as far as injuries go for the Australian. So we're not going to focus too much on last week's event. What we're going to do today is just basically do straight-up predictions. I've talked before about some of the storylines I think we should look for in this tournament. You can go back and listen to that episode. I think that I've highlighted some of my bold predictions, some players who I'm going to be looking out for. So today, we're basically just going to do my straight-up picks, talking about the tournament as a whole, going through who I expect to make the quarterfinals, and then picking out some particular first-round matchups that are interesting. In other good news, we also have two shows this week because I will be doing my first live in-studio show in quite some time this Tuesday, so we'll have a look at the first couple days of the Australian and talk about what is going on up to that point then. So, for now, it might be a little bit of a quicker show today, but let's start with the men's side. So, my first quarterfinal prediction from the top half of the draw, I have Novak Djokovic reaching it unsurprisingly. I have him beating Alexander Zverev there. Djokovic's section of the bracket is an interesting one. You have Stan Wawrinka, who was playing well until he withdrew from his tournament. The Dan Evans ended up winning. Milos Raonic, who has been playing at such a high level as of late. So those are, I guess, the two candidates that I would say stand out. Raonic has never had much success against Djokovic. Stan obviously has had some, but this is not peak Wawrinka that we're talking about. And this is Djokovic at his strongest tournament of all. He's basically been unbeatable here for a decade, so I'm not going to pick against him. Certainly not this early in the tournament. And then Zverev, Monfi is the guy who stood out to me as maybe the best contender within his draw, but I do think Zverev, although he has limitations as far as beating the highest level guys, I still think, and although he is a bit of a head case, and we saw that with some of the crucial double faults he had in ATP Cup play, and he still tends to be a little too passive for my taste, he has been really consistent as of late, and I don't think that anybody is going to knock him off that early. And so this is a tournament where he made the semis in last year. I think he makes it back to the quarters, but then does fall to Djokovic. I don't feel like I should have to justify that pick all that much. My other top half quarterfinal, I have Dominic Team coming out and beating Yannick Sinner. So now I want to talk about Sinner because if you're familiar with the show, you know that he's been a longtime favorite of mine, as are most of the really young guys who I tend to get excited about. But he has put it all together in a way that we had not seen previously. An incredibly strong finish to last year. Now opens this season winning back-to-back tournaments. He's the first teenager since Djokovic himself to win multiple titles at that age. And he just has every shot that there is. He's composed. He's really steady from both sides. He generates power effortlessly. He can place his serve well. He has good touch. I don't know what more you could ask from him. He's a good mover. He's a great tennis player. And to me, one of the more impressive contenders for a possible successor to the big four that we have ever seen so he's coming out of a pretty interesting section loaded with some young talent Shapovalov is there and they will be playing in the first round and that to me is far and away the most exciting first round matchup I cannot wait to see that two of my favorite players 
two exciting players with, with tremendous pace who can do it from both sides from the ground. Young guys, obviously, so that'll be fun to watch. Schwartzman is the eighth seed, but although he's been playing really well on a hard court, give me Sinner right now with the level that he's playing at. So I will take him to make the quarterfinals. It would be his second straight slam in which he's advanced that round. And I said that I expected him to finish in the top 15 by the end of this season. Came into this year at number 36. That was one of my bold season predictions. And I think that if he's going to be on that trajectory, he has to perform well in the slams. And this is one of his better opportunities to do so, I would say. I do have team beating him, though. Team coming out of a really interesting section as well. You have Kyrgios making his return, which... I talked about as one of the storylines to look out for. Going to be really interesting to see how he performs. You have Umber, who I think deserves mention just because he finished last year so strong. You have Dimitrov, who I think is just always a contender here because of his pure talent as a striker of the ball, and he could always pull off an upset. But I do think team is ultimately too strong, and the team center matchup is a really exciting one. I do think that they can both handle each other's pace. I do think if they can both cover the court, ultimately I just trust team to be a little bit steadier hit the bigger shots in this match, probably get a few more free points off of his serve. And so I will lean with him there. And I think he's just clearly the better, more established all-around player at this juncture. But Sinner is maybe a little bit closer than we tend to think just because he's been playing so well as of late. All right, moving on to the bottom half of the draw. I have Medvedev and Rublev squaring off in the quarterfinals. And this, to me, would be an incredibly fun one. Obviously, the two Russians, they played in the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open last year. Medvedev did take that one. Two guys who are both young, who are both incredibly interesting players, and who are just in dominant form right now. Rublev, besides his match against Struff, who was playing really well in the ATP Cup, Rublev won every match losing four games or less. That's three of them. That includes a dominant win over Fognini, one and two, I believe. And then Medvedev has won 14 straight matches and obviously beat Djokovic and Nadal towards the end of last year. Won Paris, won London, was undefeated in the ATP Cup as Russia came out with the victory there. Would have been fun to see if Spain had really held on and if Rafa had chosen to play out the ATP Cup because my initial prediction for the final was Spain against Russia. That was assuming Rafa would play, and I think that would have been a fantastic final. But as it was, these two were both phenomenal. I am going to take Medvedev here. Rublev was the more consistent player last year, but it just seems like Medvedev has a little bit of a leg up on him, and Medvedev is playing so very well right now that I don't want to pick against him. I also picked Medvedev to make the finals here before the season, and so I do want to stick with that. And I actually have the same predicted final that I had before the season, and we will get into that as we move along with these predictions. Last quarterfinal, I have Nadal beating Tsitsipas. So I have all the top eight seeds making the quarters except for Schwartzman, who I have being replaced by Sinner. Maybe there will be an upset. Maybe Tsitsipas, Zverev, Rublev, even Medvedev will fall victim, even team could possibly fall victim in the early rounds. We've seen him do it before, although he has stabilized over the past year plus. I'm not going to predict it, though, for any of them individually. Tsitsipas, to me, is not in the strongest section of the draw. He has Kachanov. He has Berrettini. I think he can handle both of those guys' pace and power from the ground, and I think that he's probably the steadier player there overall. So, I think Tsitsipas gets there, but I don't think he matches up particularly well against Rafa, and I will take Rafa in that matchup 10 times out of 10. All right, into the semifinals now. We have an Australian Open final rematch from last year. I have Djokovic beating team. Djokovic has been effectively invincible at this tournament, 57-3 at the Australian over the last decade since he won his second title in 2011. He looked very sharp in the ATB Cup, was striking the ball beautifully, moving the court with precision, obviously. Team was downed pretty easily by Matteo Berrettini. Now, I'm not going to put any long-term stock in that, but I think on a hard court, 
Although team has had a lot of success against Djokovic and all of the big three, and that is well documented, and he deserves credit for that, in the biggest moments in a best of five format, give me Djokovic every time. I think he can dictate, and as we saw last year in this final, when these two are at their best, it's not close, and team wasn't able to take fully advantage of when Djokovic was playing at basically his worst for a set and a half, two sets of that match. He still held on and came up with the eighth Australian Open victory of his career, and I expect him to get a chance at a ninth this time around. On the other semifinal, I have Medvedev beating Nadal, and this is an interesting one because Team and Medvedev are obviously right now the two greatest challengers to Rafa and Djokovic, maybe even more so than Federer, although we'll see if that remains the case when he's back and healthy. Rafa does lead the head-to-head 3-1 to here, but the last three matches have been very close in either direction. We have the U.S. Open final, which Rafa won in five. We have their match in London that Medvedev just took. And so, I'm actually going to lean Medvedev here. Now, I think that a lot of this is just going to come down to Medvedev's consistency from the ground because he does hit the ball so flat. He has some days where he's a marksman. He has some days where he's spraying balls over the court a little bit more. Recently, he has been much more of the former. He's been pretty sharp. I think he can play really high-level defense. I think that he'll get some free points off of his serve. And I would just love to see this match because the last few times these two have gone at it, as I said, it's been really great tennis, and I want to see as much of that as possible. To me, these are the four best players in the world, regardless of surface. Actually, maybe that's not true for Medvedev because he has shown to have his struggles on clay and grass in a bit of a small sample size. But certainly on hard, I would say... These are the four best healthy players in tennis, and I would like to see this as the semifinals very much. And then in the final, I do have Djokovic beating Medvedev. Medvedev has won three of the last four matches between these two. I'm not going to be the guy to pick against Djokovic at the Australian. I was already the guy last year to pick against Rafa at the French because I thought, ooh, look how quirky I am. I'm going to go be bold. And I just looked foolish because Rafa delivered one of the most dominant performances in recent memory, and I expect Djokovic to do the same if I were to pick against him just because that would be a little bit of karma and so I will take him here I think that it's his ninth Australian Open title his 18th Grand Slam title in total as he continues to close the gap on Rafa and Fed okay let's move on to the women's side now where I do think it's worth pointing out that this draw is so much stronger than what we've been seeing recently with COVID opt-outs last year obviously taking Barty out of the picture with injuries taking Andreescu out It just felt like for so much of the year, we didn't have all the top talent in the same place at once. And now when I look at this draw, particularly the bottom half, it just looks more loaded than it has been. So I'm very excited for this one. As far as my specific predictions, top half, I have top-seeded Barty beating Pliskova in the quarterfinals. Now, I was tempted by maybe Danielle Collins in place of Pliskova just to go for a bold pick because... She's a former semifinalist here. She did just make the French Open quarters and coming off of a nice tournament where she was barely beaten by Serena in a tough three-setter after picking up a couple quality wins. But ultimately, Barty, although she did have basically a year off and maybe you would expect to see some rust, we didn't see it in her opening campaign. She's coming off a title. She leads the head-to-head here 4-2. to two, And I will take her at her home tournament where she has performed pretty well historically. So give me Barty there. And then for the other top half quarterfinal... Give me 12th seeded Azarenka over the reigning champ, Sofia Kennan, who is the 4th seed. Now, both of them come out of some intriguing sections of the draw. I have Azarenka beating maybe Svitolina on her path to this level, maybe Coco Goff. Coco is very likely to face off against Svitolina in the second round, and that would be a fun one for sure. And then for Kennan, I consider taking Jennifer Brady just because she has been playing 
so incredibly well as of late, really through all of last season, and hardcourt is probably your strongest surface. But I ended up going with Kennan. I think she's a little bit steadier, and she obviously is the reigning champion here, and so I think that she is certainly to be feared and don't want to discredit her just because maybe she was a little more inconsistent than a traditional top five player throughout some of last year. And as far as having Azarenka beating Kennan, I think they're very similar players in a lot of ways. Incredibly consistent from the ground, physical players who can just grind up the opponent sometimes, and they're great competitors, so maybe I'm foolish for taking Azarenka. I remain fascinated by what level she is really at, and she's also coming off of a period in hard quarantine, so maybe I'm going a little bit too far with this one, but what we saw to me at the end of last year in Cincinnati in the U.S. Open that wasn't fluky, and this is historically Azarenka's best slam as well. She's a two-time Australian Open champion, so we haven't seen her at this form in this tournament in seven, eight years, so I'm excited to see her have a crack at it, and I do think that she's going to do some big things and knock out Kennan there in the quarterfinal. Okay, bottom half of the draw. I mentioned so incredibly strong here. Now, my prediction before the season for the final here was that Andreescu would beat Muguruza, Although I thought that probably Andreescu and Osaka were the two strongest players in the draw, I wanted a little bit of variety, didn't want to pick them to be the finalists in both hardcore tournaments. However, now all three of those players end up in the same eighth of this draw. So I have Andreescu beating Osaka in the quarters here. Osaka's in a section that includes Jabor and Muguruza. Andreescu's in a section that involves Kvitova, so a lot of really strong candidates there. Maybe I'm foolish to be picking Andreescu coming off of an injury that obviously kept her out for a year. She was also just in hard quarantine, so probably has about as much reason to be rusty as anybody on tour, but I'm sticking with my prediction here. Osaka does lead the head-to-head 1-0. This would be such a fantastic match. Again, I think they are the two best players in tennis right now, arguably, and I think that's what we saw from Andreescu last time she was healthy. That's what we saw from Osaka towards the end of last year, and I think that they are certainly the two brightest faces as far as the future of tennis. So I want to see them face off. Both have power. Andreescu has such brilliant variety and pace, a couple of nice servers. I just want to see it happen. And if it does happen, I will take Andreescu. But maybe she flops. Maybe she's just not totally right yet, not totally in form. And I look like a fool. It would not shock me. But I'm going to take a chance on the player who I believe in most. And then for my last quarterfinal, I have Serena, who is seated 10th, beating Elena Rybakina, who is seated 17th. That does mean I have Rybakina upsetting second seed at Halep. I just think it's a combination of things. Rybakina is phenomenally talented. It seemed like last year, every time I picked her to do well, she underachieved every time that I said, okay, I'll lay off this time. She did really well. So maybe this is a jinx, but phenomenally talented player, particularly on hard. And I think she's just due for a breakthrough at a slam. She's 21. She's never made the fourth round at a single slam. And considering the start she got off to last year, that just is not representative of her talent. And then as far as Halep, on a hardcourt slam, I don't think she's necessarily a guarantee to get very deep into the tournament every single time. So I'll pick an upset there. But I do have Serena ultimately beating Rybakina. I also have Serena beating Sabalenka and Root to get here, who is the top eight seed within her section. I think Serena's in store for some big things. She's been playing really well. We know that she hasn't won that slam in a while. And we know that she's dropped a little bit in the rankings. But when she's healthy, when she's out there, she is still playing some really good tennis. It's not peak Serena, obviously, but it's still one of the best players that we have to offer in the sport of women's tennis. Okay, let's get into the semifinals here. I have Azarenka beating Barty. Now, this is very risky because Azarenka is coming off of hard quarantine. There's also 
some discussion about if she has an injury problem. She did withdraw from last tournament, although before she played the match, so always you assume there that there's just a rest component there and an abundance of caution with a much more important Grand Slam coming up. That applies for Serena. That also applies for Andreescu. So three of my four semifinalists fit that description. The other one hasn't played uh, professional tennis in almost a year before this last week, that being Ashley Barty. So great. Why not go for all the people with all of these things up in the air? Because I believe in their talent, so I will do it regardless. I think an Azarenka Barty semi would be fantastic. Ultimately on hard, I think that Azarenka has a little more to offer. I think she has a higher ceiling, and I think that if it comes down to just an absolute dogfight, I would take her to win that because such a special competitor. And then the other semifinal, I have Andreescu beating Serena. This would be a fantastic rematch. Andreescu leads 2-0 in the head-to-head. First time they played was at the Rogers Cup. Andreescu's big title there, and Serena was injured, so she withdrew. Not a full-on match there, but then Andreescu did beat her in the U.S. Open very shortly after. I would love to see this, but I do just think when she's out there healthy, Andreescu is maybe the best player in tennis, so I will take her over 39-year-old Serena. And then in the finals, same logic holds. If I think Andreescu's going to get this far... I'm clearly assuming that health, maybe rust, is not a factor, so I would take her to beat on uh, Azarenka as well and secure the second Grand Slam of her career, the second, I hope, of many. So there are my predictions for the tournament as a whole. Now let's get into my first round matches that I'm going to highlight, ones that I will be looking for as an excited fan and ones that I'm going to pick, and I'm actually going to keep track of my record in my predictions this year. So even if I don't make them on the show, they will be on the Twitter at down the line underscore 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 if you just want to follow along there. So let's start with the men's side. I have Sinner beating Shapovalov. Obviously, I have Sinner going all the way to the quarterfinals. I talked about how excited I am for this one. Sinner, besides one retirement, has won 14 of his last 15 matches, 18 of his last 20, if you extend that back to the French Open. Shapovalov has lost six straight matches, on the other hand. And although he looked really good in the ATP Cup and played a couple of great players really tight, and I never doubt his talent, I think Sinner is a little more steady right now, might be a little mentally tougher, and I think that he can probably grind out a win in this one, but man, would I love to see it. Another one that I will be looking for, Alcaraz is playing Van de Zonschult, and I hope that I said that correctly, the Dutch player around 150 in the world. I'm only talking about this because it involves the boy Carlos Alcaraz. He will be getting his first main draw Grand Slam appearance. I think that he does some good with it, coming off of obviously a fantastic win over Gofan. I believe completely in this young man. I think that he gets the win here. We'll see if he can make some noise in that. I wouldn't necessarily expect it. He still has a bit of a ways to go as far as just developing his power, but super solid from the ground, great control, fantastic mover, can attack, can defend. And I expect him to do some big things going forward and at least pick up one win in this tournament because he's been killing it on the Challenger Tour. Now he's starting to kill it on the main tour. And I think that we're going to see a pretty significant rise in the rankings from him this year after we already saw one last year. Okay, another one. I have 18-seeded Dimitrov beating Chilich. Now, I really just like to include Chilich in these predictions a lot because he's one of the biggest unseeded names. He does lead this head-to-head series 4-2, to two. however... I think Dimitrov is certainly the stronger player at this point in their careers, has been playing a little bit better than maybe even his record would suggest. This would be a fantastic match, a couple of really clean hitters, a couple of big-time tennis players, big-time hitters. Give me Dimitrov, though. I think he's just the better player. Okay, another one. I have Nishikori beating Pablo Carreño Busta. This is a fun one because Nishikori obviously has been gone for quite some time dealing with injuries. Came back towards the end of last year. Wasn't great. Played a couple of tough ATP Cup matches here. Didn't end up winning either one, but looked to be in pretty good form against both Medvedev and Schwartzman. Moving well, I would say footwork is as precise as ever. Striking the ball cleanly 
and I don't really think that he's being affected all that much by any injuries. So I will take him there, although he is the underdog, I suppose, the certainly lower-ranked player, but I'm going to bet on him. Jirasimov versus Pear is another one. Now, Pear is seated in the 20s in this tournament. Jirasimov now ranked number 78 in the world. Give me Jirasimov. Give me the upset. Another one of my guys who I talked about throughout a lot of last year. Just an awesome story. Basically, was not a relevant player on tour until he's 27, and now here he is. I think he's a legitimate player on tour, and Pear is sort of trending in the wrong direction. He's 1-6 in his last seven matches, whereas Jirasimov just beat Harris, then he beat Fuksovics, then he lost 7-6 in the third to Felix on a hard court where that big serve is in his favor, that big forehand is in his favor. Give me him, give me the upset. And now my last men's match that I will be predicting here, I have Berrettini beating Anderson. The reason that I bring this one up is because Anderson has been playing pretty well as of late, looking a little bit more like his old self. He beat Medvedev, Lajovic, and PCB over his last few tournaments to end the year. But obviously, Berrettini is playing at a very high level as well, just destroyed team, and was instrumental to Italy making the finals of the ATP Cup. And I think at the Australian, he's probably going to fare pretty well here. Now, I don't have him making the quarters, but I do have him surviving Anderson and the threat that he may pose. So that's it for my men's predictions. Into the women's side. I'm not quite as excited about these. I only have four as compared to six. I couldn't find as many first-round matches that I thought were as intriguing. But let's go through them anyways. I have 20th-seeded Sakari beating Mladenovic. I just highlight this one because of the past success that Mladenovic has had. But with the level Sakari's been playing at as of late, I feel pretty confident taking her there. I have Azarenka beating Pagula. Obviously, I have Azarenka going all the way to the finals. So maybe this isn't as much of a 50-50. But Pagula has been playing really well is one of the more dangerous unseeded players in the draw, I would say. And I would not be completely and utterly shocked if she did pull the upset there, even though I have Azarenka going all the way to the finals. Then I have Goff beating Teichman. This is an interesting one because they did just play. It went 7-6 in the third. Coco ended up winning. I think that Coco maybe sees a little bit of an early exit in this tournament, losing to Svitolina in the second round. But honestly, I'll probably pick the upset there. So it's not an official pick. But know that I'm picking Goff there just because in the big matches, she can step up and win. And she always comes down to the wire. Nobody's going to completely outclass her. It's just how does she hang in the big points? Does she beat herself with double faults? Stuff like that. I'll take her to beat Svitolina. And I'll take her to beat Teichman before that even. And then the last one, I have Ostapenko beating 25th seeded Muchova. Wanted to have one upset of a seed at the very least here. Ostapenko has been playing some pretty solid tennis as of late. Muchova, I think, is a vulnerable seed here. And I think... On her best day, Ostapenko is just the better player of the two. So, as I said, very prediction heavy today, but you know what? We've already gone over the storylines. If you listen to this show, you know who my favorites are for the most part because I talk about them a lot. Favorites as far as just the people who I think are intriguing and could maybe make some noise that other people don't talk about quite as much. So we went with just the straight up predictions today. I will be back in a couple days as this tennis season continues to pick up talking about the early Australian Open action, maybe looking back a little bit to last week if time allows and talking about some of the most exciting stuff that we saw there because it was a good week of tennis. But now we're in a Grand Slam season and I could not be happier. It's strange because as the Super Bowl is about to kick off, I think back to last year when I was watching the Team Djokovic final into the wee hours of the morning and then that day turned into Super Bowl Sunday. Whereas this year, we have the tournament starting at the same time as the Super Bowl. But that's life with COVID. As long as we make it through in two weeks, who cares when it starts? Who cares when it ends? It's great tennis, and we are all very lucky to bear witness to it at this time. So 
That will do it for us here today. I've been Carson Brabber, and this was Down the Line.